Morning. Welcome to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. My name is Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths, and on behalf of the staff and I, behalf of everybody, I'm really glad you're here. We're really glad you're here. Um, for the podcast listeners, it is October 17th, 2021. I'm glad you could join us. Um, I think we're going to start off the service. Cornell is still in Romania, and we're going to film him a happy birthday. Um, so hold on a second. Let me figure out if I can figure this thing out. All right. I think I'll start with me. It's best sideways. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to point it at me at first, and then I'm going to point the camera at you, okay? You'll know when you're supposed to be singing. I'll start singing. Oh, that's because it's going to take a video. That doesn't help at all. Hold on. Boop, 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 boop. Cornell, we miss you, we love you, and uh, we know that your birthday's coming up, so we wanted to sing it. Hold on a second. Ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear. Blessings on you, brother. Okay. Now in Romanian. Yeah, that's what Mark said. Is everybody ready? From him yesterday, and he said that his, um, where his mother is, there's so much COVID there, he can't even be in the room with her. But he said that because it was his birthday, he did bring her some treats. So he celebrated it that way. That's a small little victory, amen? Yeah. Sandy. Today is Sharon's birthday. All right, let's sing happy birthday again. Ready? Actually, instead of singing, we're just going to go happy birthday. One, two, three. Happy birthday. That's crazy. It means it's right out of us. It's October. Thanks for not letting that slip past, Sandy. It's also Lynn Redmond's birthday, but he's not in here. Yeah, he's same. Tim's birthday was yesterday. Happy birthday to Tim. One, two, three. Happy birthday. We're just dishing out happy birthdays like this is a birthday factory. What do we work at Chili's? All right. We got a new members class. We got a couple people signed up. 
sign up. It's this Saturday, and you'll, have, you'll, you'll be a new member by next Sunday because you'll get it like in, in put in front of the congregation. It'd be awesome. Um, you get free breakfast and a free lunch out of it too, so that's kind of nice. Stewardship Sunday is coming up in November. If you, if you want to share the first couple weeks in November about what God has been teaching you about stewardship lately, let me know, okay? Just because we need a couple people to share in front of the congregation moving towards um, Stewardship Sunday. This Tuesday, we got the jam. Anything else I'm missing? Well, I'm really glad you're here. I just locked eyes with my son. That's a good day. All right. Let's stand and, and uh, hear our call to worship. And before that, just look around because this, this service is a lot about unity. Um, this passage we're going to be preaching on about how we are a community um, that is in Christ. Let's just bask in that truth for a second, and then I'll read Psalm 104, verses 1 through 3 from Passion Translation. Everything I am will praise and bless you, Lord. O Lord, my God, your greatness takes my breath away, overwhelming me by your majesty, beauty, and splendor. You wrap yourself with a shimmering, glistening light. You wear sunshine like a garment of glory. You stretch out the starry skies like a tapestry. You build your balconies with light beams and ride as king in a chariot you made from clouds. You fly among the wings, upon the wings of the wind. Let's worship the Lord.
this message. And I figured we'll just bring all the students up there, why not? <laughs> so, students, question for you first of all. When Podcast, you can hear me now. Uh, when's the last time any of you saw a baby? Like a baby baby that can't talk? A little baby. Anybody? You've never seen one ever. <laughs> what, when, when's the last time you saw, saw a little baby? Can you remember? Four years ago. Everly really was a baby four years ago. Um, all right. So now babies can't, how do they communicate? They can't talk, right? So how do you know what they want? They do, right? And we, we know that when we see a baby and they're crying, they could be asking for a number of things, right? They could be hungry, thirsty. They could be sick, tired, or need a diaper change, right? So they'll let you know when they need all those things. Um, but since little babies can't talk, right, they cry. And they don't just cry, like, quietly, right? They just don't go, oh, I'm hungry, oh. They scream and cry, right? Just as loud as they possibly can. So, yes, baby li- babies let you know what they need by crying. They don't care if they're in church. They don't care if you're at a movie. They don't care if you're at Morton's, right? <laughs> they will let you know when they want something. So, uh, I'm going to relate this uh, to a story in the Bible. It talks about a man... Um, he, he needed something, and uh, as Jesus and his disciples were leaving a town called Jericho, uh, a blind man named Bartimaeus, uh, he was on the side of the road, and he heard about Jesus and the disciples coming, right? And so he's on the side of the road, and he cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, do you think he said that quietly? Would you, if you were blind and you knew Jesus was coming and you wanted, you, you were excited, would you just kind of just say it out loud? No. This guy was, Bartimaeus was letting the world know. He didn't know where Jesus was. He didn't know if he was right next to him or right down the street. So he's screaming, right? Screaming. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, do you know what happened in the story? Do you know the rest of the story? No? I'm going to tell you. So, his crying out actually disturbed people. People were yelling, be quiet. And then uh, Jesus himself stopped everybody and said, tell him to come to me. So Bartimaeus jumped up, he threw aside his coat, and he went to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. I want to see, Bartimaeus said. Jesus said, go, your faith has healed you. Instantly, Bartimaeus could see and follow Jesus down the road. So like a parent who does whatever they can do to find out what their baby wants or needs, God knows we have needs and he wants the best for us. So in the Bible, Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Jackson, don't worry about anything. You don't have to. Because all you have to do is tell God what you need, and thank him for all he's done. Philippians 4.6. So, when do, you, uh, 
when you have a need in your life, don't be shy. Speak up, right? Remember that Jesus wants what's best for you, okay? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we know that you love your children and want what's best for us. Help us remember we don't need to worry about anything. All we need to do is speak up and ask you in prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's go have a lesson. Are we on? There we go. My brother surprised me this morning, so I'm a little bit unprepared. <laughs> but we are confessing. The act of, our con- of confessing our sin is not simply a recitation of our faults and our wrongs, but also an opportunity to receive God's grace, and in doing that, to share in his abundant grace and mercy for us. Confident in God's love, let us confess our sins together. O Lord, our God, you call us to work for a world where all will be fed and have dignity, but we find ourselves distracted by our own desires. You call us to seek justice and peace, but we are satisfied with injustice and discord. You call us to bring liberty to the oppressed, but we do not insist on freedom for all. Forgive us, O Lord. Turn us to your will by the power of your Spirit, so that all may know your justice and peace. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior. Amen. The mercy of God is from everlasting to everlasting. His love endures forever, and his grace has no boundaries. My friends, hear the good news that in Christ Jesus, every single one of us, we are forgiven. Sins far away, rising each 
justified freely forever one day he's coming oh glorious day oh glorious day one day, one day let him up Calvary's mountain one day they nailed him to die on a tree, suffering and anguish, despised and rejected, bearing our sins, my Redeemer is He. And that mill nations stretched out on a tree, took the nails for me. Freely forever One day He's coming Oh, glorious day Oh, glorious day One day the grave could conceal Him no longer One day the stone rolled away from the door there he arose over death he had conquered now he's ascended my lord evermore death could not hold him the grave could not keep him from rising again My sins far away, rising, he justified freely forever. One day he's coming, oh glorious day, oh glorious day. skies with His glory will shine. Wonderful day, my beloved one bringing. My Savior Jesus is mine. Living, He loved me. Dying, He saved me. Buried, He carried my sins far away. Rising, He just Freely forever One day He's coming Oh glorious day Oh glorious day
darkness you shine out of the ashes we rise there's no one like you none like you for our God is greater our God is stronger God you are high God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God. Into the darkness you shine, oh, out of the ashes we rise.
Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God. Our God. Into my message. That's nuts. That was awesome. Thank you very much, man. And thank you very much, God, right? Because if God is for us, what can stand against us? Nothing, right? That's the, that's the answer. Nothing. Uh, we're in a series on Romans, and last week, oh, actually, Tim, I'm glad you're here, man. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That smile's contagious, right? Um, Romans, right? It starts with, I, I just need to mention it's a love letter. Remember? He says, Beloved church in Rome, remember that early church was highly persecuted, and remember the church's first struggle, the capital C church, the first, you know, um, kind of thing that was fighting to separate followers of Jesus were there were Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians, and they were having trouble relating in, under this new covenant. And so that's kind of a theme that's all throughout this book that Paul is writing to the church in Rome. He's saying, okay, both of you are messed up. I remember I, I preached a sermon, we're, we're a mess, and we're all a mess. And it doesn't matter if you're trying to get to heaven or get to the Father by your wisdom or your acts of goodness it's not going to happen. We need another kind of righteousness. We need another way to the Father. And that's what Jesus was all about. This is Paul, Theology 101, explaining what happened on the cross. And you remember we did that week of heavy lifting where we learned about justification and sanctification and propitiation and all the initiations. And, and uh, we're redeemed and set free, and then last week we were set free. We're not only saved from sin and death, we're saved to a life dominated by grace. And he's camped out there. This is, this is the meat of, of, the, of, of, of the Christian message, I think. Um, so we're, we're studying Romans 8, chapter 1, and I'll read to us, I'll read for us. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And to deal with sin, he condemned sin 
in the flesh. So that the just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For this reason, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, And it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. You are in the Spirit. Since the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life. Because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his spirit that dwells in you. So then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors, not to the flesh to live according to the flesh, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put To death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very Spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if in fact we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. N.T. Wright asks on a regular basis, he was a, a professor for a while, too, he, amongst all of the stuff that N.T. Wright did. Uh, but he would ask his students, where do you think the heart of Paul's message is? And anybody who knows Paul pointed to this passage. Origen, the church father, said that every follower of Jesus should memorize this whole chapter in Greek. That would do me no good. (laughs) But I say this because I hide in this text on a regular basis. And I commend you all to do the same. This world is screaming messages at us all the time. I'm teaching our children, teen years. This is when parents, right? You have to teach... That no, they're not all harmless messages coming at you. Uh, the commercials are trying to get you to buy this to fulfill your life. You know, like there's 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 forces in this world that are trying to steer you and define you and say, oh, you need this to feel complete, or you need that to feel like a person. You know, 
Paul's Romans 8, this is your true identity. Malia sees me in a certain way. You people see me in a certain way. And there's probably a billion different people, that, a billion different ways that people see me. Who I am is not any of those. Who I am is Romans chapter 8, how God sees me. So application number one, get to this text and get to this text often. Memorize it. There is no condemnation. If God is for us, no one can stand against. Second paragraph. He says, um, and this is all under the guise of how do we let grace dominate? How do we let grace reign in our lives? And his good news in this chapter is the Holy Spirit. Amen? The Holy Spirit, he goes on to say, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the dunamis power, where we get the word dynamite, dynamite power that lives in us, lives in, uh, that raised Jesus from the dead, lives in us. Um, that second paragraph, how do we live in grace? We allow the Spirit to, to guide and direct our lives, and we set our minds. The Greek word right there is phronema. Phronema, sorry. Phronema. Uh, been rusty. Everybody say that with me. Phronema. I was a tennis player. I was, uh, my dad was really, really good at tennis. Most people don't know that. He, um, he played with Jimmy Connors in, in Missouri. Like he played for Mizzou and then he played for the Air Force. And he, he says he would have gone pro if I hadn't been born. <laughs> that's, that's a little window into my dad. Because uh, <laughs> uh, he did the best he ever did. He had to leave this tournament that he was, he, I guess he was really. Anyway, um, I remember he tried to teach me for a little bit, but that's really frustrating for somebody that's really good to teach somebody that's not that good. And then, so he got one of his buddies to teach me. And I remember um, him, the, the, the teacher, I was, I was having trouble just doing, by the, by the way, I'm pretty darn good now. Uh, I'm just, just, just I, 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 like the last time I played though, I was terrible because I was like so old. Well, I'm kind of old, you know, like everybody in here is like, you're saying you're old. Yeah, I got a broken hip. I got all kinds of stuff that I can do. Uh, but I, I remember I was going, there was a ball coming and my body, I was like, my mind was like, I can get that. And my body said, no, you can't. And it just stopped. <laughs> but that's, uh, I remember this guy was teaching me, his name was Randy. He was teaching me, and he said, you're, you're hitting it all over the place. Remember, wherever your racket face faces, that's where the ball goes. That Greek word is set your mind. Wherever you face, that's where you head. Um, 
his, his tip number one in living in grace and living grace dominate, set your face in good direction. You know, set your face on the spirit and the law of the spirit and loving people in the spirit. And then he, he says this just a, like a declaration. You are not in the flesh. You may look like you're in the flesh. It looks a lot like I'm in the flesh, right? Because I'm, I'm not a spirit. You know? The trick in faith in Jesus Christ is faith in Jesus Christ in the truth that he proclaims that's not seen but is more real than seen. Do you follow? When we look at this text, everywhere else is a lie but seems to be true. This seems to be too good to be true but is true. You are not in the flesh. If you are in Christ, you are not in the flesh. You are set free from the flesh. You are set free from the power of sin and death. You are set free from this world. There's a story... Um, in DeMello, Anthony DeMello, he's a Catholic mystic. Um, and he, he's uh, actually the guy who writes the forward tells us time where Anthony DeMello pulls him aside and says this. A man found an eagle's egg and put it in a nest of a barnyard hen. The eaglet hatched with the brood of chicks and grew up with them. All his life, the eagle did what the barnyard chicks did, thinking he was a barnyard chicken. He scratched the earth for worms and insects. He clucked and cackled, and he would thrash his wings and fly a few feet into the air. Years passed, and the eagle grew very old. One day, he saw a magnificent bird above him in the cloudless sky, It glided in graceful majesty among the powerful wind currents with scarcely a beat of its strong golden wings. The old eagle looked up in awe. Who's that, he asked. That's the eagle, the king of the birds, said his neighbor. He belongs to the sky. We belong to the earth. We're chickens. So the eagle lived and died a chicken, For that's what he thought he was. Do you follow? This passage describes us as eagles. Christ, not anything that we've done, but Christ, through the work on the cross, made us into who we were designed to be. That is the king in the parable of of the birds. In us, the king co-heirs with Jesus the Christ. 
Which goes to the next thing. Um, you are not in the flesh, but you are in the spirit of adoption. We've been adopted into the family of God. Have you ever like been studying something and then you get towards the end of it? Oh, how about that Sixth Sense movie? Remember that Sixth? Anybody see that? Yeah. All right, never mind. <laughs> there's there's certain points in my life where I'm cruising along, I'm thinking it's one way, and then you discover it's another way. I'm losing myself. I'm even losing you. My wife's like, seriously, get out of there. <laughs> abort, abort. I'll tell, uh, can I tell the Maddie Ma- Maverick story? Okay. <laughs> she says, sure. Uh, we were, Malia's a, a, a famous matchmaker. I don't know if you knew that. She's made uh, several matches that they're married and love and life together. She, she knows people and she loves connecting people, that kind of thing. She was trying to do this thing with the, the, the same thing with the, the little sister, Maddie. You've probably met her. She's been around. This is back, uh, back in the day. We were living in San Antonio, Texas. We met this fine young gentleman around Maddie's age. His name was Louis Maverick McNeil. His great-great-great-great-grandfather, four, was the maverick that coined the phrase maverick. He was the, rattle cancer, the cattle rancher that didn't brand his cattle. And that was maverick cattle. It was a non-branded cattle. That's how they knew it was maverick. It was not, that's what, where the phrase comes from. Anyway, Lewis Maverick McNeil, fine young gentleman, now is redesigning the whole downtown of San Antonio, an amazing architect. He flies out to hang out with Maddie. Maddie's living in California. And then he comes back. I think they hang out for a week. And then we have him over for dinner to see how it went. And he said, man, it was amazing. We were connecting. We were having all this time. And then retroactively, it was the worst trip of my entire life. Because on the way to the airport, Maverick, uh, Maddie just unloaded on all the things she didn't like about me. And then I flew back home. So Maverick and Maddie did not get married. <laughs> I tell that story for the retroactiveness. I have never, ever discovered this. And I've studied this passage and I've hidden this passage for so many years. So it was one of those times that this retroactively changed the whole game. All the yous except one are second plural in this passage. What's second plural? If you're from Texas, you know y'all. It's not you. All throughout this passage, it's y'all. This is a passage not about individual identity. This is a passage about church. This is about us. Y'all. Are in Christ and adopted. Y'all are not in the flesh. Y'all are set free 
this community is part of how we live as dominated by grace. We need each other. We need each other. The early church, they were fighting over whether Gentiles and Christians, like you had to convert to Judaism, then Christianity or Gentiles, you know. He's uniting that early church and he's uniting us and saying that the same spirit that raised in the, that, that raised the spirit, that raised Jesus from the dead, that same spirit is within y'all. This is the place. Paul is saying we should go to Romans chapter 8 and we should come to this place with these people and look each other in the eyes and remind each other, like I said last week, when somebody's in here talking bad about themselves, don't talk about my friend that way. We, we encourage, we remind each other who we really are. Applications. They've been all throughout, but uh, N.T. Wright says this. This passage carries the power of the gospel in every breath. If the church could hoist its sails and catch this wind, there is no, no, no knowing what might happen. Hoist our sails, PCC. Catch this wind. Let all other definitions of us drop away. Let all other ideas or thoughts of what this place is and who these people are drift as far as the east is from the west. This is who we are. We are no longer condemned. We are to set our minds Turn our faces in a direction of grace. You, we, y'all are not in the flesh any longer. I hate to do it, but I got to quote Mark Lackey again. How you doing, Mark Lackey? I'm victorious, baby. I'm victorious, baby. How you doing, PC? Baby, you got to add in the baby, otherwise it's not the creepy Mark Lackey, right? You got you to gotta have a little, you know, I don't know. How you doing, PCC? Well, I'm victorious, baby, right? You can't wear socks with, by saying that, right? Once you add the baby, you got to take your socks off. And I, I want to camp out last but definitely not least. We're as children, One commentator said, he's, Paul's probably thinking about Deuteronomy, no, Exodus, chapter 29, verses 45 and 46. I will dwell among my people. I will be their God, and they shall know that I am the Lord their God who brought them out of the land of Egypt, that I may dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. We've been adopted into the family of God, co-heirs with Christ, brothers and sisters. In the South, we're kin, right? 
Nothing stronger than kin. As kin, let's gather in, in a response of worship. We're going to sing the song, Children of the Heavenly Father. It isn't that fitting? Once again, Sharon Yagerlander. We continue in worship and we receive our tithes and our offerings. Um, Just a portion of what God has so richly blessed us with, we return back to God. If you're at home listening on the podcast, you mail your gifts to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And if you're here in the sanctuary, Please leave your tithes and offerings uh, in the plate as you as you exit. And I also I I've forgotten my sermon. Um, that's why it was titled "Your True Identity," but then you cross off the "Y." It's our true identity. And you may be wondering when's the singular you used. It's when the, he talks about adoption. So the individual is still important, but it's a passage really about us being called, adopted. Anyway, this morning's offering and tithes are now received.
How many here remember the 70s? Okay, all right, all right. Well, there was a, there was a guy by the name of Keith Green, some of you may have, have heard of. And Tim, who was the pastor here for many years, actually was a founding member of a thing called Salt at Hollywood Press. And this young guy rambled in one day named Keith Green, and he was a guy that was just a seeker. And he had tried everything out there spiritually, and when he discovered Jesus, he just became a radical. And at the age of 23, he wrote this song that we're going to do, and he was just always just so happy about what he had discovered that he couldn't wait to share it. He ended up dying uh, tragically in a plane crash when he was 28, and in this small window of his life, he just transformed music and Christianity and has been a hero to so many of us. So you put this love in my heart should be kind of a, kind of a statement of how we feel. It goes like this. hard to believe someone like you cares for me. You put this love in my heart. I tried but could not refuse you. And I'm trying to choose. You put this love in my heart. I want to know where the bad feelings go. When I'm depressed and I get down so low.
142 tells us, With my voice I cry to the Lord. With my voice I make supplication to the Lord. I pour out my complaint before him. I tell my trouble before him. When my spirit is faint, you know my way. Look on my right hand and see, there is no one who takes notice of me. No refuge remains to me, no one cares for me. This psalm reminds us that we can come before God with all of our cares and concerns. It then continues, O Lord, give ear to my supplications in your faithfulness. Answer me in your righteousness. And we know God hears and God answers. Pray with me. Compassionate God, we are here this morning because we are incomplete without you. You have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Bless our fellowship in this place. May the offering of this ministry of intercession overflow with thanksgiving to you. But may we not only offer our prayers, lead us to contribute to the needs of the saints and extend hospitality to strangers. We pray for the world and all of its people, but especially for our nation and its citizens. Give our legislators a sense of true leadership and a goal for the common good. Remove partisan priorities and allow all to work together in unity. We pray for protection of the innocent. We had news in Haiti of missionaries being kidnapped. Lord, we just ask you to put your protecting hand around them. Keep them safe and allow them to be released safely and quickly. Lord Jesus, as of old, the sick were brought to you for healing. So in our prayers, we bring you those who are sick in body, mind, or spirit, knowing of your love and healing power. Hear our prayers for those in anxious times, times of decision-making or uncertainty. Give them trust as they put themselves in your daily care and keeping. For all who are well or are healing from illness or surgery, we give you thanks, knowing that the gift of health is precious. Hear us as we name in our hearts those whose illness and injury are on our minds. During this week designated to remember infant loss, we pray for all those parents and families who have lost babies during pregnancy or in infancy. Comfort their hurting hearts. Give them hope for the future and hold their little ones close. We pray for the many who are alone and lonely, especially after so many months of isolation. Lift their hearts. Bring them caring friends. Open new doors of communication for them. Lord, look with compassion on all who suffer 
and need your healing touch. We ask for that healing for Patty Ernest and for the success of the chemotherapy. Guide her physicians in directing her care. And we also pray for her little great-grandson, Sammy, who is sick with COVID and has compromised lungs from birth. We pray for healing for him with no after effects, and we pray for his anxious family. We continue to pray for Keith Costlin and his health struggles. Be with all families who bear the burdens of those they love. Remember in your mercy the poor and needy, the unemployed and disabled. Comfort all who mourn. Open our eyes to the needs around us and open our hearts to respond as you would have us do, that we may be doers of your word. Into your hands, O God, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now would you please stand as we sing our concluding hymn, which goes right along with the message of today, Living for Jesus.
All right, from the top. Oh, God, wait a second. I think that might be the longest team in that hymnal. Did you have a favorite verse? My favorite verse was that one that Jesus' smile, the glowing smile of Jesus. That's a, that's a cool image to take throughout the week. Um, with that and this benediction, I hope to see you next week, and uh, I'm glad you're here. But um, receive this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, let it be so. Amen.